This is Unfiltered, Episode 6, for June 21st, 2012. U.S. military intelligence is watching other Russian ships as well. In the Black Sea port of Sevastopol, satellites are keeping their eyes on this ship, the Nikolai Filchenkov, which is loaded with... This is CNN Breaking News. We're going to get back to Barbara Starr, but Roger Clemens, the famed baseball pitcher, uh, not guilty on all six counts, perjury, obstruction of justice. Let's listen in. And welcome to the sixth episode of Unfilter. We got a three act show for you today. And in Act One, we'll unfilter the headlines with a look at a secret military mini shuttle, the censorship data released from Google, and a lot more. And then in Act Two, we examine the serious scam. Top level officials have been caught lying and pushing for war, while deals are made on the sidelines. We'll bring you up to speed. And then in Act Three, it's your feedback and our follow ups. All that and more is coming up in this week's episode of Unfilter. everyone and welcome to unfilter here we are assembled for yet another episode to unfilter your lives my name is chris and sitting right next to me is chase hey chase hey mr chris welcome back to another edition of unfilter this is awesome episode six dude another week another show and then on the line we've got dan hey there dan what about michael michael are you there Oh, yeah, I'm right here. Well, hey there, Michael. At least we've got you. I, th- I guess we lost Dan. That's sad. But I'm sure he'll come back on as we get going. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we have a lot of news to unfilter this week because it's been a pretty busy week. And uh, then in Act 2, we're going to bring everybody up to date on what's going on in Syria. You've probably heard things like attack helicopters. Maybe you've seen Secretary Hill- Harry Cl- Hillary Clinton claiming that um, Syria's uh, been uh, under a heavy attack and We'll give, you, we'll give you an update on what's really going on with all that. And then in Act 3, we've got some feedback we're going to get to, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, what do you say, guys? Should we uh, get rolling with the news? Time for... I think it's time for the news. I, I guess it's time for the news. And you know what? I just happen to have, just in case we wanted the news, is our very own swoosh! The Situation, the situation Room! How epic is that? Yes. All right, what is our first... Who has the first... uh, Top story in the unfiltered situation room. Right, what is the first story in the unfiltered situation room? Does anybody remember? No? It was a U.S. Attorney General found in contempt. This was crazy because this is the first time this has ever happened in the history of the country. Uh, Now, is anybody uh, anybody here not familiar with Fast and Furious? It, that's a that was a movie with Van uh, Vin Diesel and uh, he. <laughs> they weren't that great. Fast and Furious, those movies, they were just no. kind of you know, okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, the show no. Rodriguez was pretty good in the last. No, one. I'm talking about a much more depressing Fast and Furious. Here's a quick yeah. recap from MSNBC with hip music. Fast and Furious allowed thousands of weapons from the United States to be smuggled into Mexico in hopes of tracing leaders of that country's drug cartels. But many of those weapons have now been linked to crimes, including the fatal shooting of U.S. Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. So just a quick, uh, just in case you didn't hear through all that music, uh, we sent we sent guns down to try to trace them, and uh, Mexican cartel got their hands on them, yeah. crossed back in the United States, and actually killed one of our own officers yeah. with one of the guns that made it down there, which is how we found out once they did the ballistics on the bullets and things like that. Now, Congress has been trying to get to the bottom of what's going on here because this seems like a pretty bad deal. However, this week, Obama's administration has blocked additional documents citing executive privilege, and so Congress is upset. All right, well, that's a dramatic development uh, happening uh, on the, uh, in this uh, House Oversight Committee. Uh, the vote, once again, 23 yeas to hold Eric Holder in contempt of Congress uh, for refusing to provide some documents over that botched uh, 
that botched Fast and Furious uh, sting operation there. So what's that mean? So if the uh, the secretary, so they say here they are holding the attorney general responsible because the Obama administration is holding documentations. They're holding the attorney general responsible. But what documents? You might ask. The documents that Congress wants are not documents about the operation itself, about how it was authorized. Instead, what Congress now wants is documents from last year, from February to December last year, that detail how the administration here, officials in Washington, acted when they found out that there initial statement to Congress that there were no guns walked turned out to be wrong. The committee now wants to know if there was some kind of a cover-up here. That's the documents that they're seeking. That's the documents that the president now has uh, asserted executive privilege over. Isn't that interesting? So this is kind of confirming, though, that uh, they did cover it up by hiding the document, sharing the documents? Yeah. Oh no. It's they, they. Now we know. I mean, yeah. Now the question is: is the question is: is how? What kind of a cover up was it? And that's now. Now apparently, we keep documents on those kinds of things, and so now they're refusing to release those. Uh, now, you know, he, the attorney general found in contempt of Congress is there, still there's still additional steps that have to be taken. But this is a pretty big event to have happen. In fact, if this continues, uh, there's never really been any precedence for something like this. So the laws on exactly what happens yeah. aren't even completely clear. Well, that's that's the interesting thing here, Chris, is that, OK, so who's going to be the one to uh, sue himself? I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. isn't he? I mean, he's the attorney general, right? So, right. All right. Well, uh, I guess I won't be pressing any charges, right? I mean, <laughs> what are the, what are the, what's the technical? How do you do well, that? Well, and actually, depending on some interpretations of the way the executive privilege works, is uh, by Obama citing that executive privilege, he might actually be uh, immunizing the uh, attorney general. Now, we're not. C Y A. Yeah, so oh, he ass. might not even actually. This might end. Up, this might end up just getting put out right there. Now, like the chat room points out, uh, uh, I I don't think that uh, I don't think this is very much of a coincidence that this is happening on election year either. Although this needs to be looked into. I mean, this seriously, we sent thousands of guns across the border, yeah, and it was responsible for killing people. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's so very important. But the fact of the matter is, is that. They're focusing on more of a partisan issue rather than whether uh, Bush and Obama administration sending guns to uh, to drug lords. Uh, I mean, this is what it is. I right. mean, completely illegal, completely wrong. You know, leads in leads to murder, and yet instead of exploring what that's all about and explaining it to the public, they want to get involved in a little bit of partisan politics. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't all. But it wasn't all Republicans though who voted to hold contempt not but it was pretty close to party line votes it was pretty, pretty close pretty but close. not all it wasn't all ours yeah, yeah, it was, i mean right. that's to, to be fair i mean it was there were some d's yeah, in there yeah, yeah there was uh chase what do you think about the the whole kind of uh concept that uh, this is a multi-presidency scandal i mean this started the fast and furious program started under bush it goes it goes far back and and the the most interesting thing about it is it, executive privilege being cited isn't unprecedented um, no, and it you know so at this time at this particular juncture during this election year, the timing is just impeccable on this. I think oh, uh, it's, it's pretty, yeah, you have you. I mean, almost uh, you know you don't. Uh, obviously, the Obama administration does not want just blowing up in their faces no. during an election year. So they're going to do everything they can do to put a lid on this because. Uh, it's something that could, could be very damaging to yeah. both administrations, and it's an election year, and that's what it's really all about. <laughs> Romney's right now sitting back, not even saying a word. Oh, Romney's loving this. <laughs> he's Romney's just, loving he's just like, like, grinning, like rubbing his hands with glee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe the numbers are something like Clinton used the executive privilege something like 14 times, and Bush was something like in that ballpark, too, with something yeah. like nine or something Do we like Do we that. have numbers on Obama at all? This is Obama's first. First, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bad timing for the first. <laughs> well, it's funny that the first time he had to do it was for something that the Bush administration started. I think that's kind of funny because the Bush administration, uh, I mean, I think we can remember some very big scandals that they invoke that executive privilege. Is it something on. that he's obviously trying to protect, not necessarily maybe himself, but more the office of the president going probably. back? It's probably because, you know, hey, it's, it's, probably, it's, bi- it's probably bigger than the blood oath. Realize. Uh, when you when you think about it, uh, obviously they want to cover it up. But to me, it's interesting because, you know, when he ran, uh, 
as a senator, he talked about this would be a, uh, an administration of transparency. We're going to close yeah. down tunnel. We're going to do all this and that. And now, you know, he's he's trying to, you know, cover his ass and cover you know his people the best way he can and hope to be reelected. And probably hope to keep it out of the headlines as much as possible. Well, yeah. he probably got this document right right after his swearing in ceremony. He's like, all right, here, here's a piece of paper. You got to follow right. this, this, and this, and this. He's like, wait, I just have I have to go back on all of my uh, campaign promises. Up, oh, too bad. Sorry, you cannot. You cannot go back on your. We're word. getting some mic noise from one of the guys on Skype. It might be. I'm not sure. It might be Dan. It might be or just yeah, a I cord. Think I got things said now. Sorry, guys. Okay. Oh, no problem. It's all right. We'll, we'll, hey, it's the beginning of the show. It can be bumpy. I mean, how many of his campaign promises hasn't Obama gone back on? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Should we go down this alley? Do we want to? No, it's not. But. You know what would be fun is a campaign promises uh, roundup episode where we look at as the election gets closer or whatever. Maybe we could look at some things they've stated. I've been collecting clips from both Obama and Romney. I knew Romney was going to be the Republican nominee, or he, he will be. Uh, and so I've been collecting clips on him for months and months, yeah. and I've got clips on Obama too. So down the road, if we want to have some sort of fun with things they say, we can. We could do a whole episode out of it. Well, every, every president, though, I mean, every, I mean, as, as far back as I can remember, has always gone back on some sort of promise or, you know, campaign theme or whatever. You know, it just happens. Yeah. It's it's sad that we have to come to expect that, but that's the way it goes. Well, I guess, Chase, I mean, I just have one question. So I just got one question for you. Are you fired up? <laughs> All right, well, why don't we move on yeah. right, and cover a tech story. Dan, you've got some stories in here from Google, and they announced some in- what they called alarming increasing rates in government requests to censor content, didn't they? Yeah, Google's claiming there's been a massive increase in the number of requests for censorship by various governments, particularly the U.S. Um, Brazil actually had more requests, but uh, by far the U.S. had the most items they wanted taken down off the Internet. And... What's interesting, though, is they're citing that there were a hundred and twenty slide quests, but they've only documented thirty of them. Huh. Which I'm finding interesting. The only they only actually um did something about forty percent of the requests, but that's still more than thirty. Actually, and I think the number was forty. Wondering why they're making. I mean. Why didn't they document the rest of these claims? I think the number was 47%. That was 40% of overall claims they replied to. It was 42% of 42, huh? items that they requested to have taken down were taken down. I gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they got the they got the data. They data Google has posted all the data up on their website. Yeah. And uh they kind of called out, you know, democracies. They said we were disappointed to see how many democracies Ask for us oh, to pull come down the Google's being so hypocritical here, okay? Because he can say that now. Uh, I mean, well, the company can say this now, and, and the share heralds can say this now, and the board can say it now. But when uh, they would do deals with China, you know, they say, okay, you know, you okay, you want to censor this, you want to censor that, you want to make sure that the firewall is you know set up perfectly. They can't look up certain things. So, I mean, even when the our government says, well, this nation is you know blocking the internet and stopping certain things from being got uh, being searched, and and how that's wrong for democracy. But somehow when we do it, it's it's it is it's you know they're doing it to protect us supposedly. Hell, even- also, some of the requests were direct violations of Google's own policies. So they were. Um, basically pointing out to Google that they needed to get some stuff taken down, like pornography being posted on YouTube and copyright infringement on YouTube and a few other things. But, I mean, what's kind of disturbing is the number of cases just listed as other for the reasoning. Um, One case, (laughs) just clearly just saying other, affected 2,084 different items, Um, all Google AdWords. But Hmm. why is it so scaling that they can't even write down why? Probably because they honestly they do big, huge mass pull down requests, and it would just take too much time to explain every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, do they have an easy page that they access through Google's back end, or maybe they just have a, a real simple request form that there they is actually agencies? there is something that they can use, uh, like a content owner's management portal they can go to with something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny, other thoughts on that one? Not really. I just found it interesting. That the numbers really didn't add up. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. I, I do. I do want to say I thank Google for actually having this data, data available for us to even see. 
I mean, I, I'm not sure if they, there's even a requirement for a company like Google to put this kind of information up there for public consumption. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't have to, right? Right. I mean, you know, they definitely don't have to. They are being, you know, doing a good job being transparent, and I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a there's an article from the BBC that talks about how Google was censoring search results in China, and they were going kind of back and forth on it. They you know they would censor and they would stop because of pressure, this, that, and the other. And so it's kind of like you know calling the uh, you know the pot calling the kettle black in this situation here. I mean, it's good that they expose a certain thing, but you know, is this for uh, you know? A corporate PR situation here, or are they really intending on you know being uh, guardians of the web? Time will tell. Time yeah. will tell. Uh, I guess while we're on you, uh, Michael, why don't we cover this iPad story here? Yeah, I mean this is this is ridiculous. And uh, coming from uh, Huffington Post, Apple store in Georgia refused to sell iPad, iPhone to Farsi speaking customer, <laughs> citing company policy. What? 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 Uh, okay, it says a uh, 19-year-old woman in Alpharetta, Georgia, claims that her local Apple store refused to sell her anything after she, uh, she heard well, was speaking Farsi with her uncle while she was trying to buy an iPad or iPhone, whatever the heck they have there. She says, quote, uh, when we said Farsi, um, I'm from Iran, he said, I can't sell this to you. Our country has bad – had." Our country, this is bad spelling here, our country have bad relations, uh, Sahar Sabet uh, told WSB-TV. According to the report, the Apple Store employees cited company official policy, which prohibits the sale of their products to countries – this is this is so stupid, okay – to countries uh, uh, with which trade is prohibited by U.S. embargo. She's countries, not, not – Yeah, she's, she's not, not a in country. Iran. No, she's – Actually, so she's guess, a U.S. citizen. Right. So did they maybe? So it sounds like a store employee just went too far and over. Because I could see like if it, if she was an Iranian citizen and she traveled here to buy something, they wouldn't want her to be able to take it back. Did they say if he asked? I mean, he, just, he maybe just assumed. Sounds like the guy's a real dick. Even then, what's well what because the US, because well because there's a they're not allowed to sell devices in Iran. You're not allowed to directly sell it to Iran, right? Right. Right. And you know she's got a direct line. To shipping these iPads. Creepy back Uncle to brings it. up a point. Why not let customs s- search for that kind of thing? Right. Besides, then they get a nice new iPad. Well, well, yeah, I guess maybe Apple. I mean, this this agent at Apple is probably you know just paranoid, but maybe they're thinking along the lines of, well, what if this is a customs plant, right? What if they're trying to see if we would actually sell them an <laughs> iPad to someone uh, from yeah. Iran? <laughs> uh, it says uh, the U.S. I think we up. should be selling to Iran, honestly. We want to get them joining the cult of Apple. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's just what we need here. We don't need more cults. Uh, but I, I, honestly, it's stupid because, like you said, she's not a country. She's an individual. And like I said, she's an American citizen. And I just kind of – I just chalk it up to, uh, you know, foreigners. Ooh, foreigners. Oh. And, yeah, you know, finding a reason not to sell her something. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like in New York City where some cab driver gets beat. And he's like, uh, no, I'm not a Muslim. I'm a Sikh. It's a big difference. Yeah. People don't understand, though, people who, who don't know. All right, Chase. Now, we've got a story in here that I actually talked a little bit about with my co-host Heather on SciBite, but more from the scientific standpoint. Uh, a mini shuttle. That's right. A the, secret mini shuttle. A secret military mini shuttle landed in Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. It came in hot against a cool California dawn, ending a 15-month secret sortie into space. The X-37B is a fully automatic space plane that lands itself. It was once a NASA design to replace space shuttles, then part of a secretive Pentagon research agency. Liftoff of the United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket. The Air Force launched this one 15 months ago. It's officially a billion-dollar program testing reusable unmanned spaceships, but it also hauls highly classified cargo. There's even speculation the spaceship may be aiming sensitive cameras and sensors toward Earth, paving the way for a new generation of robot spies. <laughs> In the situation room. Uh, so this is this sounds pretty interesting. So secret military shuttle up above uh, the skies for a hundred and something days. It was a long. It was a long time, actually. The military won't even disclose what the OTV two, which is the acronym for the orbital test vehicle two, was doing in space for 15 months in orbit. Hmm. Now, uh, as you heard, it was launched uh, from Cape Canaveral back in March of 2010. 
Uh, Boeing Phantom Works worked on this space shuttle. Phantom Works. Phantom shuttle, if you will. It, it's quite interesting. Now, the military actually took over this program from NASA. So originally this was a NASA project, and then they took it over. Uh, so this is nothing in relations to the International Space, space no, Station like at all? No, it's like a whole shadow space program Correct. that we're completely funding outside of NASA. Right, right. Now, what's interesting... You know, NASA that thing we keep splashing the budget for. Right. right. <laughs> but, I mean, I will say this, and I know I'm not going to take anything from, from your from your sh- other show, Chris, but, I mean, from a technical standpoint, you know, being in space for 469 days, that's pretty well, no, freaking awesome. It was, ha, no, no, it was supposed to. Oh, really? It oh, was I'm su- sorry. It was supposed to be there for that long, but uh, they brought it back, like, at 169 days or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, but uh, still awesome though. Yeah, it's very cool, but very scary because they talk about uh, yes. talk about the plus. I don't believe it's only a billion dollars, and also they use this. This is off the books because what they do is on the books. This is a test shuttle, but they get to launch things like spy, spy satellites and things like that. And in fact, whatever it does, the Air Force may launch another X thirty seven this fall, and that mission will likely also be a secret. Ooh, Ooh. We sure it's not just taking pictures for Google Maps? <laughs> Actually, this is just a training exercise. Right. Just nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to worry about. Uh, I should say, too, thank you. That came in uh, from a subreddit submission over at unfilter.reddit.com, and uh, we decided we wanted to cover that one. So when I saw that one come out, I went out and got some clips for it and things like that. We've got a story in there about how it was meant to go 469 days, maybe the uh, one in the fall. We'll go for that long. Does it does it freak you guys out at all? Though uh, you know when we hear about these stories, where these these secret military projects, I mean not that secret. Where we're actually you know reading about them, of course. After they've happened, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I'm glad that we're doing it as opposed to another country. I guess. Well, they might be. They might yeah, be. That's true, right? Is, is this is, is this related to uh, what they did recently, where they're putting up new satellites systems? I mean, this could all be some sort of, you know, uh, surveillance ISR system. This is likely uh, how they maybe, launched them. But uh, those, yeah, to, yeah. to monitor maybe maybe Syria or some other country. I mean, the uses for this are, are, are you know, a plethora, but uh, they're not giving many details. So the background of that is, is if you didn't know, uh, go watch this week's SideBite. Uh, there are two Hubble-equivalent telescopes that the uh, that the uh, U.S. Air Force is going to be donating to NASA. That they just were like, oh, by the way, we have these, and they're just sitting in the warehouse. We're not using them, so you can take <laughs> we them. We don't need them. You know how we just canceled like a bunch of your uh, really cool telescopes? Well, you can have some of ours that we had built, and they're just sitting around. Yeah, just uh, you're, you're going to have to steer them yourselves. You'll right. have to get them up to space, right. but you know what? Hey, here, you can have them. But, it's also going to cost NASA a lot of money to make them so they can actually be usable. Yeah, it's going to be not even like, yeah, it's going to be years. Right now that it's set up for being used for spying on and for looking at the Earth, NASA's not really interested in staring at this rock. No, the Earth is boring. The Earth is boring. All right. Well, I think that wraps up Act 1. Why don't we move right in to Act 2? Well, when the subject of Syria comes up, I think sometimes people get a little glossy, glossy look in their eyes. But uh, stick stick through this this week. It's been a very, very interesting week. Uh, at the beginning of the week, there was a lot of claims being made and a lot of saber-rattling going on. And uh, I'm, I'm going to set it all up for you guys, and then we're going to talk about it. So uh, are you ready for our Syria investigation? One quick follow-up. Uh, Secretary of State Clinton said just a short time ago that Russia is now supplying attack helicopters. By the way, this is at a press conference. And at the beginning of, uh, actually towards the end of last week, uh, this meme started playing out. Russia is supplying Syria's regime with attack helicopters. And this got played up and up. To the Syrians and warns of a serious escalation in in the fighting there. can you provide any details as to what kind of helicopters? Now remember, this guy, the guy he's asking is from the Defense Department. When were they delivered? How are they being delivered? I have not seen uh, reporting that indicates the, that the Russians are providing attack helicopters to Syrians. I, I've just not seen that. 
Oh, well, you know what? I can help him with that. Here's Hillary Clinton. Uh, And we are concerned about the latest uh, information we have, that there are attack helicopters um, on the way from Russia to Syria, which will escalate uh, the conflict quite dramatically. So that that might have been where people were getting that rumor. That might have been it. But here's what happened. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys saw this, but uh, Obama visited the G20 summit this week. Anybody familiar with the G20 segment? So, so Michael, have you heard of that before? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I keep up with this sort of stuff all the time. And the G- G20 is essentially uh, some sort of uh, super global global system where they manage uh, and discuss and interact with each other. Uh, and uh, all of the big economies of the world, including some of the BRIC nations, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China. And, you know, when you talk about uh, the attack helicopters and all of this, well, you look at the other side of this where the U.S. is uh, funding uh, rebels – and, you know, arming them to the teeth. So, I mean, you know, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So uh, there you bring up a very good point. Uh, so uh, the uh, the it came out that the U.S. is buying attack helicopters from the same source that is supplying Russia with their attack helicopters. Costco? Oh, the hubris, the hubris, man. So uh, listen what happens when in the press conference a reporter connects the docs, dots and, uh, uh, and asks them about that. We have no indication that... All right, not that one, this one. Mr. Miller, your head of policy conceded that in March 30th to uh, Cornyn in a letter. I just want to get you on the record. You know you're doing a, a, de- a deal with the devil, basically. So the devil is this guy, is this company, this company that is supplying, which is a Russian company, which is supplying these these attack helicopters to both the Russians and to the U.S. And supposedly, if you're following the narrative here, the Russians are selling those helicopters to the Syrian regime, and the U.S. is selling them to the counterinsurgency. But let's continue. Yeah, the free Syrian army. Right. Let's continue on with this. He wants you on the record. He wants me on the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want me on the record? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't like to make deals with with, with any devil here. Uh, we're 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 not buying uh, helicopters uh, for the uh, for the Syrian regime. We're, we're buying helicopters uh, in support of the Afghan Air Force. So there you go. We're buying helicopters in support. Oh no, it's the Afghan Air Force, you guys. Yeah. It's the Afghan Air Force, uh, and of course, uh, McCain stopped by the Situation Room. And uh, he was asked, uh, what do you think about arming the rebels? Now, as you know, some countries now in the region are supplying weapons, which we steadfastly refuse to do while they're being slaughtered. So there he's implying, so he means Russia. When he says some companies, or some countries, he means Russia. Do you support uh, supplying weapons to the uh, opposition? Of course, of course, the Russians. Of course. A, a recent yeah. car- news carried on CNN that a flotilla is headed towards uh, uh, the uh, Russian port in Syria. Uh, uh, the Secretary of State said that helicopters, which we understand are refurbished, but that's a that, that's, <laughs> it, refurbished, refurbished choppers. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Arms and equipment, Iranian assistance on the ground is all taken care of. It's not a fair fight, uh, Wolf. It's an unfair fight that's going on right now. It's an unfair fight, and you notice there at the end, did you hear what he said? He, he called him wolf. No, no he said the Iranians <laughs> yeah. are helping. Yeah. He slipped That's in right. Iran. A little bit of propaganda there. And you know what he goes on to say? I think I think old Johnny McCain getting a little old and he slipped up. I mean he basically in this next clip, he basically lays out there why the US needs Syria to fall. You also in your speech today you expressed concern about Iran and it's apparently growing influence in the region, not only moving from Iran but through its uh, allies now, some of them in Iraq, then Syria, Lebanon. We now see the Muslim Brotherhood winning the uh, uh, presidential election in Egypt. Uh, what, what's going on here from your perspective, and how specifically does Syria fit into this? Well, I think Syria, uh, a fall of Bashar Assad, according to General Mattis, our head of Central Command, would be the greatest blow to Iran in 25 years. Did you hear what I just heard? Yep. Yeah. All right, let's let's keep going. Apparently, uh, media reports today. Okay. All right. So, I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but this week I noticed this. I went through a lot of clips to decide what I was going to bring into the show this week. And what a lot of these guys are doing 
is they're saying media reports or reports indicate or the media is saying. Right. Yes. This is this is a trickery of words so that way if they get called on it, they can they can pivot media. and say, Well, I, I was just going off of the media reports. And the media has really, really been doing a sloppy job. I mean, they've been getting like anonymous YouTube videos and just Joe Schmoes off the street, you know, and claiming asking questions. Right. They have right. no embedded, uh, uh, you know, reporters on site. Well, so they basically have to judge the word of some some regular person there on the street. Yeah. And, and then they cite them as official sources. Right. And, Thank you. And, 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 and that's where you get the, right. the mix up here. And then McCain's going to lean on that and go, well, these are right. sources. There's actually there's actually been there's I don't know in what form it is, but there's been legislation that says that if major media outlets report something as fact, the U.S. government can legally act upon it as fact. All it takes <laughs> yeah, well, is for the news outlet to report it as fact. Well, let me let me kind of make something clear here uh, when he talks about, you know, arming these people. Uh, what it is is uh, a lot of these sort of mid-level military uh, defected from Syria and were brought into Turkey, which, of course, border, borders with Syria. And so uh, slowly by slowly, these people defected and they got a large group, really fractionalized, no real head uh, besides uh, – I forget his name, Riyadh, Riyadh al-Assad um, – and these are the rebels they're talking about. And the friends of Syria, which is, of course, the United States, Europe, uh, Saudi Arabia, Oman, uh, Qatar, and others, they are arming these people for a proxy war. And right. on the flip side of that coin, you have Russia now doing the very same thing because the Soviet Union really built Syria at the beginning, and they don't want to lose the resources that they have there in the same way that they got taken in they, Libya. One of their last ports, in fact— Michael, that leaves it. That just sets it perfect for McCain to take it home. That the talks with Iran on the their nuclear program have broken down. Um, if you had Syria in the hands of free and democratic country, that would be the last real bastion of uh, the Russian Empire in uh, in Syria. You would have a direct blow to Hezbollah, a chance for Lebanon to uh, become truly independent, and so it would be a huge setback to Iran if. Uh, Bashar Assad fell. There you go, and you hear what he said. It'd be it's one of the last bastions of the Soviet Empire. Yeah, uh, he, wow. he actually knows uh, a bit more than I thought he knew. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And you remember, was it three weeks ago? I played that clip that said that the, the these guys want to go after this because they know they have a window of opportunity while the while the Soviets can't can't uh, you know really respond. Now, uh, now this explains why Russia and China have been sea blocking everything we're trying to do over there. Uh, now. To your guys' point, the media has just been a lapdog, and they're just pumping everything that the government wants them to pump about this. If you actually dig into this, turns out that the whole attack helicopter thing from the get-go was crap. We have no indication that, uh, that these vessels and that material is being sent to Syria for any other purpose than that which the Russian military has acknowledged themselves, that it's for resupply and to help with force protection needs they have there at that facility. It's Russian citizens have uh, been threatened there in, in uh, Syria, and uh, their, their, their stated intention is that this is for force protection reasons for the, of their own. Now, force protection that's a meme that's a military meme yeah. that was uh, assistant defense to Sec secretary george little i watched the whole uh q a with him it was about 25 minutes long and uh he didn't actually seem too convinced of that statement but here's what happened is uh obama visited the g20 summit sat down for two hours with putin and then after that they started retracting retracting on all of this military helicopter stuff and now that guy's backpedaling for Clinton and this whole thing. It was it was all just to put pressure on Russia. That's what I think, at least. Oh, yeah, because they want them to capitulate and uh, and, and basically stand aside while they go into the U.N. and uh, get some referendum on there and, you know, and go forward. They want to take over that region. I mean, it's a domino set. OK, they're just a set of dominoes so they can influence and eventually destroy Iran. Uh, basically. Syria is the the entree meal, okay, and they and right. they they want to do this, and they did right. the same thing with uh, Iran and Iraq uh, during the Iran Iraq war. They sold to both sides. They don't care, right, right, and uh, trying I, to restart the Cold War. Well, I no, they're trying to take advantage from the winds of the Cold War while they still can. Is what uh, is what it is, and uh, 
They, uh, you know, honestly, I could have made the entire show clips of McCain going around talking people into why we need to go in there. And it's there's just so many different reasons. But on uh, a couple of different of his speeches, he mentions the Russia thing, and I just think I just think that's of particular interest uh, to and and. and if you look at if you look at the uh, project for a new American century and all of that, it all kind of connects together. It all kind of that's explains. where the force protection comes in when he mentioned that force protection. That's a big military mean uh, mean meaning you know full spectrum dominance. You know basically dominating the region uh, through their force, projecting force in the region. Hmm. That's interesting. And and it leaves us in a position to not really know what's going on in Syria. It sounds like you know. It sounds like this is all a bunch of crap to me. That maybe there is some legitimate, you know, there's obviously some sort of conflict going there, but we are exploiting it, if not encouraging it, to our ends. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's it, sickening it, to watch. Well, it, it's frustrating Does to watch. Good ever come out of being in the Middle East? I mean, that's part of how, how Russia got and went bankrupt, the Soviet Union went bankrupt. Uh, oil? Well, yeah. Yeah, but, right, it's enticing, but it, it, nothing. Any of the empires, but you have to be there to manage it. That's the big problem. Sure, you could talk about the oil, but you have to be there to manage. You have to have a force there uh, around it, making sure that you know nothing bad comes of it. Uh, Going back to Lawrence of Arabia, check out the movie. There you go. Uh, I'll play my last clip, which just kind of so my whole premise on this whole thing is the attack helicopters were a way to play hardball with Russia on the on the world stage to try to get them. To go along, because listen now to this report on the G20 summit. I believe they bring this home. Well, as we mentioned a little earlier, the G20 conference kicked off in Los Cabos, Mexico today. And for the first time, President Obama and President Putin had a face-to-face meeting. It was uh, a lot of eyes were on this meeting, very anticipated. Was it a beer Uh, chat? So let's go now to RT correspondent (laughs) Guyana Chichikon on the ground there in Los Cabos. Hey there, Guyane. Uh, let's talk about this meeting between Presidents Putin and Obama. It's a really big deal. Uh, talk a little bit about this discussion today and how it could impact people here in the United States. She's like, what? Uh, hmm, okay, I expected that. President Putin and uh, President Obama met for the first time since the Russian leader took office in May, and much of the meeting was behind closed doors, as you would expect. But they did come up with a few comments for the press with regards to Syria. This is something that worries uh, so many people. Obama says that the U.S. and Russia agree that a political process needs to be created uh, in Syria in order to prevent civil war. And President Putin says they found many commonalities on Syria. But so far as we know, the rhetoric between Russia and the U.S. has been very tense on that matter. Alright, well that's good enough. So there you go. I think I think that's what it was. Is I think this was them playing hardball. They sent out old uh, clippity-clop uh, Hillary out there to uh, to say, you know, and, and what's, fear, what's funny is uh, the way this... Uh, so, okay, let me ask you guys. Now, honestly, does, does Hillary sound furious? Uh, and we are concerned about the latest uh, information we have that there are attack helicopters um, on the way from Russia to Syria, which will escalate uh, the conflict quite dramatically. Does she sound furious to you? Not exactly. No, it's like she's off a teleprompter. Uh, the uh, CNN clip that I grabbed that from says, and here is a furious Secretary Hillary of Clinton, and shoo, shoo, and then they cut to her, and it's like, and like that doesn't seem very furious to me. That just seems like she's sitting there just kind of reading off, yeah, a script. I'm, I'm angry. I'm going to act like I'm angry. Do I sound angry? You know, no, maybe. it sounds like she doesn't give a damn. Yeah, exactly. It does, maybe well, she, what this is is just PR, basically, you know, and, and really setting the, setting the narrative and the memes and everything. And the media will, will, you know, lap it up and then they'll regurgitate it to everyone else and no one will ever question it. And so they thought that no one would ever even, you know, think about it. They would just believe it and then they could go and do what they want to and arm these people even more and destabilize the region and go right in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it didn't go that way. Just uh, take the Libya script, take the Bosnia script, mix it all up together, and now we got the Syria script. Except for those darn Russians and those darn Chinese kept getting in the way. And Russian, the, the Russians uh, are bringing in military. Yeah. Because yeah, they're guarding their own embassies and, and the ports. Yeah, the Russians are serious about it. I mean, they're sending some serious equipment, although we are too. So... There you go. The reconditioned Apparently, it's all coming from the same dealer. Yeah. I mean, somebody's making yeah. a ton of money off yeah. this. Lucky yeah. him. Yeah. And it's a Russian company. What the yeah. hell? Read the, book. Read the book. War is a racket. We have some choppers. Would you like some choppers? We have choppers. I'd like them to at least buy them from American companies. 
Get a yeah. two-for deal. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that wraps up the Syria chat. And uh, why don't we move into the feedback segment? Wait. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> if they bought it from American companies, they'd probably be made by guys in prison. So. Uh, oh, oh, nice. Oh. Dan, I tell you what. You know what that deserves? <laughs> That's very true. That, that, that deserves a sad jingle. That oh, deserves a sad jingle. Man. All right. Now, with that cleared, <laughs> with that out of the way, let's move on to Act 3. We're going to cover a little feedback and do a little follow-up in this act. Uh, before I get to the voicemail, is there any particular feedback that you guys observed this week, Chase, that you want to cover or anything like that? Anything that you feel like you need to uh, respond to? The only thing I want, I want to talk about, and I'm going to speak in general terms here. I, I know we were talking a little bit in the pre-show about it. Uh, and, and that is, you know, there are other shows like ours that, uh, you know, talk about topics that concern the United States and the world, like you know, we were talking about Syria here just a few moments ago. Yeah, and you know, the one thing I want to make it abundantly clear, folks, is you know we we are an opinionated show, <laughs> and and you know, the one thing that we do here is we will report our our views and our, our what we feel is either the government or the media trying to spin something a certain direction, either left or right, uh, and. It's one of those things that, folks, you know, our content and what we put out is, is very specific. I think we even get deeper than, than some of the other shows that are out there that do similar stuff. Hmm. And, and, folks, you know, if you have feedback, I think the best way to do it is instead of writing it out in multiple paragraphs on <laughs> one site or on another site, we like to engage in an audio media format. So call us. Leave us your opinion, 425-312-1756. Country code is one, or you can Skype Unfilter Show. And let us know how you feel. If Definitely. I mean, the only way that we could ever improve is by getting feedback from you guys out there. So that's yep. that's what I had to say. Totally. And uh, to that end, we sparked some interest out there and got a couple of voicemails good. from the same guy. So that should be interesting. Let's take a listen. Whoosh. Hey Chris, hey this is JW from Germany. I listened to the to the podcast Linux Action Show, and somehow I was on my 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 YouTube's, and this thing called Unfiltered came up. I, uh, and y'all are talking about those Spain debt. Well, I happen to live in Germany, right? And I work uh, for the German wage, the euro, and they take my money, man, and they pay that shit in Spain. Uh, that's not cool at all because I work my ass off for that money. <laughs> right? Uh and uh them Spanish people, man, they don't work their ass off. They got a twenty percent unemployment rate, they ain't got a good economy at all. Oh, right? Man. Them damn Greek guys tried to retire at fifty. My God, what kind of socialism are they working down there? Some kind of voodoo economics or something? Oh, no. They need to go to work. Start working hard. Start saying I don't need to borrow no money from nobody. And it starts at the personal level, the individual. This is about individual ethics of individuals in their country. It has nothing to do with their government. All right. See you later. I'll talk to you next time. We didn't know that next time was going to be a few moments later. That's very true. Hi, Chris. Hey, this is JW again. Hey, I'm in the middle of this prison thing that y'all have on. <laughs> hey, the, the problem is, is that people just don't want to do work. Okay, they had... Uh, <laughs> Um, wow. I really closely followed the immigration issue in Alabama. Wow. And, uh, uh, the, the, they had ads where the farmer put $11 an hour jobs in the uh, uh, thing to pick tomatoes. And you wouldn't think that picking tomatoes is that difficult of a job for $11 an hour. And uh, he said that uh, he, he had uh, six or seven people come out, and you know before the end of the day, he was down to like one person, Right. And he ran the ads for quite a while there close to Mobile, and they had it on 60 Minutes. And so, no, it's it's not just that simple. It's that our culture, people don't know how to work or don't want to work, 
do hard work anymore. And the, you know, they're fat, they, they don't want to do it. And, I mean, Chris, put yourself out in the sun for 12 hours a day picking tomatoes. Do you want to do that? No. For any price? No. You know? All right. Hey, TW out. So that's, I mean, he brings up a good point. I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, I mean, I laugh, but at the yeah. same time, uh, he might be right. I have reached a limit, and that's why I now do this podcasting full-time, even though I actually usually end up paying money into it instead of making money every month, because uh, I can't stand going into work and having to pretend like I give a crap about something that doesn't matter at all to people who don't matter to me in a situation that doesn't matter for an end result that doesn't matter, and I just can't do it all the time. Um, if there's, if it's different, if that's not the situation, I can, I can kind of wrap my brain around a little easier and I can get behind it, but, uh, that's how I am. So I, I kind of grok what he's saying there. You guys have any thoughts? I've done a lot of thinking about the prison labor situation and I don't know. I've come to more of a conclusion that if it's done properly, it could actually be done in a really good way, but, um, we need checks and balances to make sure it's not being done in a very abusive way. And also paying someone just 20 cents an hour doesn't really add up. Um, if someone, if they're making money in a sense that could be used after they get out to help them stay out of trouble, that could be good. It's like you read his mind, Dan. I swear. And also, golly, three calls in one show. Hey, uh, the, um, the prison thing, you know, I wouldn't mind the prison industry thing so much if they took the prisoners and they had a prisoner shift. And then after the prisoner got out, uh, they had a, a probationary shift or a place where a prisoner could get a job, right? And then they had a third shift that's, that had just normal people who weren't on probation. So they had, you know, all three, you know, so step two, three, right? And, and, and that would be okay. And that if the unions don't like it, well, okay, the, the prisoner's working, uh, working, for 23 cents an hour, well, why can't he be a union member? Why can't he get union training? Why can't he do all of the things that a union member would do, right? Uh, and and then when he gets probation, then he's in the union. And then when he's off probation, he's still in the union, and he can still get a union job. So, uh, you know, the, the circle is is that if you get out of prison, you can't get a job. So you got to go back to that stealing stuff because there's no job. Right or set up a small business or whatever because you can't in America with computers today. If you have a prison record, it's going to be very hard for you to get a job. Right? Period. Not violent, not violent, anything like that. It's really hard for you to get a job. True that. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Good thoughts from uh, JSW. So thank you yeah, dude, for good calling. Thoughts. Yeah, and uh, I think he was kind of going down the same path you were there, Dan. On that. Yeah, I was going to say. <clears throat> more of what he said you know except i should point out though that if you're dead you can still get a job for the tsa <laughs> that's true we have seen that <laughs> yes uh i have uh any other do you guys have any other thoughts on the whole prison labor thing before i go to the next feedback i don't uh chase if you get a chance show my screen here i have sure. uh i have one i have a, we have a couple of the top comments on uh last week's episode made in america unfiltered five uh we made a boo-boo apparently uh, we were all kind of impressed by just some of the stuff that Nigel Faraday was saying in the sense of, uh, you know, that the, he was basically putting out there what we see from our perspective in the sense that the Euro situation seems pretty bad and he's calling it like it is. And what it is, is I think we watch him and we see like our congressmen and our senators and we would never see anybody say something bold like that. And we kind of responded to it positively. And that that really annoyed some of our UK audience because uh, apparently Nigel is not very well liked over there from a good majority of our audience. Now, uh, I'm sure that doesn't represent everybody, but uh, I, I don't think any of us were trying to make any comments on like his political ideas or anything like that. We just I just personally myself was it's just such a contrast from how politics is done here in the States. And a politician is a politician. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's that's what I believe. And so, like you said, if 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 you're bold, you know, then you do get respect from me, saying it like it is. But if it's just for you know for politics' sake, then you know it's it's a waste of time. And hey, I like the idea that we're getting you know input from people from around the world. It'll broaden our base. It'll give us a little better vantage point to see things from and unpack our reality a bit. Very true. Although it would have been awesome if they would have called in. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
But uh, also you can email us your thoughts, unfiltershow at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Or when you're over at the Jupiter Broadcasting website, you can hit the little contact button that's up over here on the top. You just click contact, and then boom, it sends uh, you to a form where you can fill out and say what show you want to go to, and then it always gets off to the right destination. You don't even have to worry about the email And on that address. same page, there's the Google um, Google phone app uh, plug-in, sorry, which you could also is another way to call in. Yeah, I gotta check that. Skype. I gotta check that because I'm not sure if I've checked that voicemail in a long time. <laughs> that's more of the general one, but you can use well, it. Apparently, that's not a good idea. Well, <laughs> no, you'd be right, Dan. Except for on Filter, I set up its own Skype account that way because I'm hoping we can get a lot of calls in and stuff like that. So that would be good. Except for I don't check that one for Unfilter, but for the other shows, for any other show on the network, that will do the job just dandy. All right, guys. Well, that's everything I've got on my uh, checklist for the show today. I wanted to make sure we got those things covered. And uh, why don't we uh, why don't we start with telling people? Uh, sorry, that was my mic. Sorry about that. Why don't we start with telling people uh, where they can find you, Chase? Well, everybody, you guys can find me on uh, my geek home, geekgamer.tv. A lot of E three, a lot of gaming stuff, a lot of geek stuff, but mostly gaming. Yeah, and that's where you can follow me there. Very nice. You can follow me on Twitter. I am twitter.com slash chris las. You can also check out a few supplementary things that get posted throughout the week for the show over at filterfree.me. Uh, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I'll be posting probably tomorrow on FilterFree.me, and you can also find me normally at the Syracuse Innovators Guild uh, every Thursday night. Very cool. And Michael, what about you? Well, if you're interested in Syria and all those different world events and everything going on in between, check out StratRisks.com, where I study the world. Very awesome. And uh, just a reminder. We want to hear your feedback. Of course, you can call us. One four two five three one two seventeen fifty six. Leave us your thoughts, comments, maybe something we got wrong, or an idea for a future show. We want all of it, everything you can think of, or you can Skype us. Unfilter show, all one word. But again, the phone works the best. One four two five three one two seventeen fifty six. Talk to you soon. And uh, of course, Unfilter is live every Thursday, seven p.m. Pacific. And uh, you can also grab it after the fact over at jupiterbroadcasting.com in just about any format you'd like to. And there's also torrent links there. Thanks to uh, BitLove. Sometimes the torrents take a little bit longer to show up than after the show's posted, but you can grab the show in BitTorrent and help us defer some of the costs of bandwidth. And then, of course, you can also subscribe to the RSS feeds and just download them directly without having to bother with any of the torrent stuff. All right, guys. I think that wraps us up. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. You guys have a great week. And we'll see you right back here next week.